Hello, and welcome to Stories from the World podcast series, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. This is David Robert Farmery. For the past year, I've been doing a lot of driving from Nashville to northern Arizona to work on the Diné Project. Uh, And in that process, you know, driving I-40 west and driving in east to come back home, each time I had to pass through Albuquerque, New Mexico. And each time I passed through, I would notice this sign for Petroglyph National Monument. Each time I would see this sign, I would say to myself, you know, I really need to see this place. But for a variety of reasons, primarily because I was on a mission either to get to northern Arizona and get to work, or I was on a mission to get back to Nashville and get home, I didn't stop. Then it so happened that a few weeks ago, I was taking a couple days of R&R in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So while I was there, I thought, well... I'm not going west, I'm not going east, I'm just planted right here. I'm going to go and see what this national monument is all about. I was blown away. Oh, really, I am not kidding you. You know, I expected that I would go there and as I hiked around, I would see, you know, a few petroglyphs and I would be amazed by them. But, you know, essentially it would just be a great hike through a great landscape. How wrong could one person be, I had to ask myself. Now, Petroglyph National Monument encompasses a 17-mile-long table, which to me the table looks like a very kind of low mountain range. Anyhow, and within this 17-mile table are three separate sites that you can visit. But here is where it gets really mind-boggling for me, is within this 17-mile-long table, there are over, okay, get this, there are over 20,000 petroglyphs. Yeah, 20,000 petroglyphs. I was expecting to see two or three, maybe four. There are over 20,000. The oldest of these petroglyphs is about 3,000 years old, but it continued, this, this carving of pictures into basalt rock continued actually even into like the 1900s, believe it or not. Now, the original petroglyphs, the ones that were created you know, 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, these were created by more than just one culture. Before I visited the National Monument, I had always been under the impression that the petroglyphs had been created by just one culture that was settled, and for whatever reason or reasons, they created these pictures or images in the rocks. But the reality of it is, is that these images were created by different tribes or different cultures of the time, that had been passing through the area. While I was talking with the interpretive coordinator at the National Monument, she relayed to me this great analogy that really brought the whole picture together for me. She told me that life then, as far as migratory patterns or mobility, it was really no different. That area was really no different than it is today. 
She said that the migration routes from back then in prehistoric times were the same as they are now, is that people traveled from the south to the north, from the north to the south, from the west to the east, and the east to the west. And those migratory pathways came through this region of what is now Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's no different than the current day where we have Interstate 25 that runs south to north, north to south through New Mexico, and we have Interstate 40 that runs west to east and east to west. Both of these major interstates intersect in Albuquerque, New Mexico, right there where Petroglyph National Monument exists now. She also told me that archaeologists are now able to determine that these petroglyphs were indeed made over a long period of time. And the way that they're able to tell this is through a process called repatination. No need to scratch your heads. I'm going to explain this. First, it's important to understand a little bit about the rock itself. The rock that these images have been carved into is basalt. What is basalt, you ask? Basalt is essentially dried lava. Now, for me, I always assumed that dried lava was like pumice, you know, that really lightweight, but yet really, really rough stone that we use to scrape the bottoms of our feet. Basalt is much different. In fact, the first time I found a piece of basalt, I actually thought that it was a meteorite. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, it wasn't. And now it sits in my backyard in a garden. But anyhow, basalt, unlike pumice, is extremely heavy. And the reason that basalt became such a great medium for these carvings is because over time, the rocks actually acquire a patina. And the prehistoric people realized that if they carved into this and carved beneath the patina, that it exposed the actual color of the rock, hence the contrast of the light and the dark. Now let's go back to that whole repatination thing. Okay, so once the rock had been carved into and it exposed the natural color of the rock, well, the rock continued its patination process. But the surface that had already been patinated would continue to patinate, but now the exposed area would also begin to patinate all over again. So that when you look at an image that was carved, say, 3,000 years ago, and an image that was carved, say, 2,000 years ago, there is a difference in the lightness of the image because of the repatination. I had also mentioned previously that these carvings extended into the early 1900s. But as you might imagine, there is a caveat to that. The images that were created beginning in the 1600s were no longer being created by the native peoples, but rather by those who were the conquerors. More specifically, the heirs of the Atrisco land grant of 1692, which was one of many Spanish land grants in the now state of New Mexico. These newer carvings are easy to distinguish from the older ones simply because of the content of the material. We see things from this period such as crucifixes 
and livestock brand symbols, and even the names and dates of individuals. When I inquired about this new type of symbology, I was told that, more than likely, these symbols were used more for marking territory or land ownership, as opposed to anything else. But again, keep in mind that this is all still speculation in the sense that nobody really knows what any of this was for, whether it was for the more modern from the 1600s forward or from the ancient people. There is no written record whatsoever other than what is seen in the petroglyphs themselves that explains what any of this is all about. And for me, that just makes it all the more fascinating. The other thing that really boggled my mind is standing there just standing there within inches of a rock, knowing that 3,000, 2,000, 1,000 years ago, somebody else stood in that same exact spot and carved that image into the rock. Come on, tell me, that doesn't just get you tingling all over. And that is one of the coolest things about this national monument, is that when you walk these trails, yeah, granted, some of these petroglyphs are halfway up the, the mountain or up the hill, but so many of these petroglyphs are right there. Some of them, many of them, you can actually put your hand on the rock. So now you're not only standing in the same place as somebody else did 3,000, 2,000, 1,000 years ago, you are also touching the rock. And chances are your hand is either near or in the exact same place as that person's hand was when they were carving this image. Come on, this is mind-boggling stuff. Another thing that the people of the National Monument have been doing for quite some time now is engaging in dialogue with elders of the various Native American tribes trying to find the origins of these petroglyphs. And what they're finding is that a lot of these symbols are not only being recognized by these elders, but they're finding that these symbols, many of these symbols, are still being used in traditional ceremonies today. There is certainly much more for me to explore at Petroglyph National Monument, and as a photographer, there is so much more for me to photograph. Perhaps I may even see you during one of my excursions to Petroglyph National Monument, and if I do, Please, and I mean that sincerely, please stop and say hello. As a side note, you can see the video story from my time at Petroglyph National Monument on my In Search of America YouTube channel. The links to my YouTube channel as well as a link to the photographs from this visit are listed in the show notes below. As always, it has been a true pleasure to spend this time with you. Until next time, especially during these times of turbulence, remember to stop and reconnect with the joy that lies within you.